Hey, Mama. I know getting meals on the table for your family can feel tough, especially finding weeknight-friendly meals that everyone in the family will love. There's a good chance it's why you're here, at least I hope so. Helping moms take the stress out of feeding their family is my biggest passion. It's why I share with you here, and it's why I created the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. If you've ever wished this podcast came with a weekly done-for-you dinner plan with a shopping list and meal prep tips, or maybe a recipe library with over 200 family-friendly recipes, cooking tips, how-tos, and hacks, well, it does, and it's all in the Healthy Mama Cooking Club over on Patreon. Starting at just $3 a month for access to our 200-plus recipe vault with printable PDF recipes, or $5 a month for weekly done-for-you dinner plans, plus the recipe vault and bonus podcasts every month, the Healthy Mama Cooking Club is the dinnertime solution you're looking for. Head to patreon.com slash healthymamachris or click the link in the show notes to try it out for a week free and join over 130 other busy mamas making weeknight meals work with the Healthy Mama Cooking Club. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, let's get on with the episode. Welcome to Healthy Mama Hacks, a weekly mini podcast where I share my best tips for hacking your healthy mama life with simple tips for easier eating, cooking, and living a healthy mama life in 20-ish minutes, about the time it takes you to fold a load of laundry. So let's do this, mama. Hey friends, welcome back to another episode of Healthy Mama Hacks. I'm Chris Davniak, your host, and today we are diving into part four, the last part in my Budget Kitchen series. Though this certainly won't be the last time we talk about eating well on a budget, I know this is a hot topic in the world these days with inflation through the roof. We are all, I think, looking at how we can eat well while spending a little bit less, or at least not spending more. We've spent the last several weeks of this series talking about asking how budget-friendly is your kitchen now, learning how to meal plan with budget in mind. I gave you some of my absolute best budget-minded cooking hacks. There are so many more in the Budget Kitchen Guide, which is coming out on Monday. And today, With all of that in mind, I want to talk to you all about some tips to maintain a budget-friendly kitchen. Because like I mentioned in the first episode, having a budget-friendly kitchen and eating well on a budget is about becoming a budget-minded cook. Your keys are to learn how to not just spend less, but also waste less. When you spend less and you waste less, when you waste less, you spend less, and it really does all work together in making your budget something that is not over the top and and feels reasonable while you're still eating in a way that feels really good for you and your family. It's up to you how much money you spend on food, but I don't want it to feel like It is a strain on your budget to be able to eat well. And so that's why becoming a budget-minded cook is so important. And that's why I've created this series and why I'm so passionate about this topic. Eating well on a budget is something that, you know, it never came naturally to me, but it comes naturally to me now because of how much experience I have food budgeting. Like I mentioned, if you haven't listened to the previous episodes, I worked as a personal chef for several years. 
and the way that it worked was I would spend other people's money on food and then charge them for my time. And so when you are spending other people's money and they're going to see the receipts, you learn how to budget real fast. And so this is something that I know can become something that feels second nature. And it doesn't just happen at the grocery store. It happens first and foremost in your kitchen as that budget-minded cook. So let's dive in to 10 tips to maintain a budget-friendly kitchen. Tip Number one, this is probably not going to come as a surprise, but creating a meal planning routine is going to be so key to maintaining a budget-friendly kitchen. We know how important meal planning is. It's the first step to eating well on a budget is planning your meals. Now, this can be super flexible. Any of you who have heard me talk about meal planning know that I talk about meal planning in a way that doesn't feel constraining so much that you don't want to stick to it, but is flexible and flows with your schedule and is personalized for you. But what is really important when it comes to meal planning, especially with budget in mind, and I have a whole episode on budget-minded meal planning two episodes ago, the second one in the series, and I will link all of them in the show notes. You can go ahead and go back and listen to that if you want to dig more into meal planning. But what's really important, actually two things are really important. Number one is that you use your on-hand list. So each and every week, I want you to get into the routine of creating a meal plan. And the first thing that I want you to do is I want you to do a short inventory of what you have on hand before you create your meal plan. This is your on-hand list. So this just means looking in your fridge, your freezer, and your pantry and deciding what you need to use and what you want to use and what you can use in your meal plan and start to brainstorm meals from there. Again, I talk all about this in the episode on meal planning on a budget, but that's number one that you use your on-hand list. And the second thing is that you plan according to your schedule. You want to make sure that you are planning according to your actual life. Otherwise, you'll end up with meals that are not made and that means food waste. And obviously we want to avoid that food waste. So meal planning doesn't just help you to stick to your grocery budget because then you will create your grocery list based on the meals or the recipes that you chose for your meal plan, but it helps you to eat at home. And that is probably the number one thing that's going to save you money on food is eating at home instead of eating out. So that is tip number one. Create your meal planning routine, which means not just meal plan, but make it a routine. Find a place and a time that you are going to do your meal planning each and every week. Make sure it's before you plan on going grocery shopping. And if you're going to do any meal prep or anything like that, schedule it out a couple days before and create a routine around that, starting with that on hand list creating it based on your schedule, and making it work for you. Tip number two, be aware of the meals you love that are more expensive and just stick with only one to two of these meals a week. We all have those meals that have ingredients that are a little bit more expensive. For us, we love fresh fish and I am all about eating lots of fish. It's super good for you but it tends to be a little bit more pricey even when we get it locally. But we do like to eat it once a week or once every other week. But in order to stick to our budget, we try and make that our one expensive meal a week. So 
understand which meals of yours that you love that might be super nutrient dense. I want you to still eat those meals. I don't want you to feel constrained by your budget, but we need to make room for those within our budget. So just realizing which meals are a little bit more expensive and just choosing one to two of those a week. You might even want to mark these down on your family favorites list. This is kind of a pricier recipe. So still eat those if they're full of ingredients you love, but you can manage that a little bit with only having one or two of those a week and then filling those in with meals that either um, they're bigger meals that last for two meals or they're made with more pantry staples or just generally inexpensive ingredients. Tip number three, plan and shop seasonally for the best prices on produce. Now, this is something that takes a little bit of time. In the Budget Kitchen Guide, I have an entire section in the resources section that gives you all four seasons and what is in season each one of those seasons. And so this will give you a little bit of a primer on what to look for at the grocery store when it comes to produce items that might be in season. And items that are in season are going to be in abundance. And items that are in abundance are going to be less expensive. So really, this is just knowledge of what is in season, especially what is in season in your area. Um, And knowing if you're going to go to the farmer's market or the grocery store, obviously, if you're going to the farmer's market, it's only going to be what's available locally, generally. But if you're going to the grocery store, it's really about going, okay, I'm going to try and plan my meals around tomatoes in the summertime rather than tomatoes in December. Does that make sense? If you want tomatoes in December, you could use sun-dried tomatoes, you could use a tomato sauce, you can use tomato paste, and there's so many different options for tomatoes in the winter. And I'm not saying you should never eat tomatoes in the winter, but you're going to want, they're going to be more expensive. So you're going to want to choose more seasonal ingredients in the winter, like winter squash and sweet potatoes and things like that. So plan and shop seasonally for the best prices on produce. This does take some time. If it feels like too big a step in the beginning, that's okay, but you can work up to this. Tip number four, use items that go bad faster first. So I've talked about the first in, first out rule here on the podcast, but first in, first out is actually an accounting term, but we also use it in the kitchen and it's used in professional kitchens as well. And basically, it means that you are going to put the items that expire first in the front, so in front of your fridge or in front of your pantry, so that you'll use them up faster. And this is the opposite that most of us tend to do things. We oftentimes just put the new things in the front and then we just use those and then the things in the back go bad. So you're actually putting things in your fridge opposite. So those vegetables and fruits and things like that that are going to go bad faster, you want to put those to the top. You want to put those to the front, either the things that are going to go bad faster or the things that are about to go bad. Hopefully you are using those based on your on-hand list. Those are the items you're going to want to use first so that you avoid them going bad and you avoid that food waste. So any of your more delicate vegetables that you purchase or fruit, any of that produce or the meat that, you know, only has a couple days, make sure you are using those first so you avoid those foods going bad and having that food waste. Because remember, when we waste food, we're literally, or when we throw away food, we're literally throwing away money. So use items that go bad faster first. Tip number five, create a staples list for the pantry, fridge, and freezer. 
your staples list for the fridge is oftentimes going to be enclosed in your general grocery staples list. But in terms of the pantry and the freezer, what are those items that you use on the regular? What are the items that you continuously go back to when it comes to bases for your meals or when it comes to sides for your meals? For us, it's things like rice and quinoa, dried beans, nuts and seeds, those type of things. And specific ones, not just any nuts and seeds. We don't use walnuts all that much, but we use a lot of almonds and cashews. So those are the items that I want to keep in stock, but I also want to get the best price on them because those are the items because we use them regularly and they're over, they're generally inexpensive. Cashews are not inexpensive, but they're less expensive when you can buy them in bulk, when you can get them for a good price. When it comes to buying in bulk, you really only want to buy in bulk if you're going to use it before it's going to expire or before, you know, the nuts are going to go rancid or something like that. So your staples list are the list of items that you can stock up on. And you can choose the absolute best prices for, which oftentimes is in bulk. So you can go to a bulk store, you can go to or you can use bulk bins at a health food store or another store in your local area. For us, it's just health food stores that have bulk bins, but they're still great prices. And um, you could go to a Costco or a Sam's Club or a BJ's, something like that, and buy them in bulk there as well. When you have that staples list, when you know those items you use on the regular, you can find the best the best bargain for those items. But if you're just buying things in bulk because you're like, oh, well, it's a better price per pound or price per unit when I buy 16 cans of this thing. But then if you end up throwing away those cans a few months later, yeah, it's a few months later, but you're still throwing away money. So it's important that we are stocking up on our staples and we have a general idea of the best price for those staples. And the same thing goes for things like meat in the freezer or anything that you might freeze. So So we believe that quality meat is important to us. So we like using a service where we get high quality meat, but it's a lesser price than if we were to go to a local organic grass-fed pasture-raised butcher. I wish that our local meat was less expensive, but it is outrageously expensive because we live on a small island or we live just off of the island now, but it's really expensive around here. We We live in literally the smallest state, and so we don't have have a lot of farmland around us. So we do our best. We get our meat from Butcher Box. And for me, for us, for our family, for the quality that we want, we find it to be a good price. And if we find a better price, then we will switch to the better price. So for us, we have staples that we use in the pantry, in the freezer, and then also in the fridge. And those items that are staples in our fridge, other than things like condiments, which we keep regularly stocked, those I tend to keep on my pantry staples list and they just end up in the fridge but any of those fridge staples are on my grocery staples list and those are my the weekly items that we we buy consistently Tip number six, and I already kind of talked about this before, but it's to shop around for the best prices or use services that can help you to be a more strategic shopper. So the example that I just gave was to purchase staple items in bulk if it makes sense and if they are a better price. Or you go to the stores that have the best price on that item. So some of these stores are stores like Market Basket and Aldi and Price Cutter. Some of these stores, if you like the items that they have at the store, some of those more discount grocery stores, they have really great prices. And if you are okay with the quality of those items, 
a lot of, you know, a lot of these stores I mentioned, um, I shop at Aldi a lot. Um, Trader Joe's tends to have good prices on certain items, not on others. Market basket, same thing. Um, I don't have a price cutter or something like that in our area. There's a lot of discount grocery stores. But if you're happy with the quality of those items and they fit uh, your standards, then choose the least expensive item based on what your standards are for whatever type of food that is. So for us, we prefer hormone antibiotic-free dairy. It just makes us feel a little bit better about the dairy that we're purchasing. So we look for the best price on hormone antibiotic-free dairy. Sometimes it's organic, sometimes it's not. But places like Aldi and Market Basket have really good um what are they called? Store brands. <laughs> really good store brand versions of things like plain gray yogurt that we'll buy from there. So shop around for the best prices, especially the staple items that you use on the regular, either your weekly staples or your bulk items that you need to keep stocked because you eat them regularly. I guess you don't need to keep them stocked, but it's helpful to keep them stocked if you have the room to do so. Tip number seven goes right along with tip number six, and that's to maintain an inventory list in your pantry and your freezer. Now, I know that this can feel like a lot of work, and I want to encourage you that you don't need to do a pantry inventory every single week or every other week. I typically do an inventory about once a month, but even once every couple of months if you maintain your inventory. So the best way to do this is to write down or type out your inventory and to put that inventory in a place where you can see it. And when you take an item out of the pantry or the freezer, you cross it off or you tally it so you know exactly how much you have. And then you have an idea of what you're out of. And if you're out of a staple item, well, you are going to write that in either the notes app on your phone or the reminders app or whatever other app you use or in your meal planner, wherever it might be, you're going to write it down so you have a running list of the items you're out on. And whenever you go to the store to stock up, you have that list right there. So maintaining that inventory in your pantry and your freezer will also make it easier to create that on hand list each week when you're meal planning. You can just look at that list briefly instead of feeling like you are standing in front of your fridge and your freezer and your pantry for an hour before you even start meal planning. I don't want to make meal planning any more complicated for you. I want it to work for you when it comes to your budget. So when you maintain that pantry and freezer inventory, and this just becomes a habit for you, it makes it a lot easier to meal plan with the items that you have on hand first, which we know is an instant budget saver because, well, we already paid the money for those items and we're not buying something new. Tip number eight. It goes right along with tip number seven. Surprise, surprise. That is to do a regular pantry purge. So if you listen to my episode earlier this year, we actually did a community pantry purge. We've done a couple of community pantry purge purges. Uh, and really what this is, is you spend a series of weeks. We did four weeks, but you can do two weeks, three weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, as long as you want to go utilizing primarily as much as we can out of the pantry, the fridge, and the freezer, kind of like that on hand list, but we're trying to base our entire meal plan as much on those items as possible, purchasing as few fresh items as possible. There's no rules around you can't purchase any fresh items. We purchase fresh items every week, things like fruits and vegetables uh, and our staple items like deli meat for the kids for lunches and that Greek yogurt I talked about. But we try to use as much as we could from the pantry, fridge, and freezer. And I like to do this about two to three times a year, uh, typically about once a quarter, but I typically do it about three times a year. For me, it's usually 
at the end of the year. So we'll do one in December when it's the holidays and we already have a lot of parties and things like that. So life's kind of crazy. So in between that, we try and just use what we have on hand and buy as little as possible. I usually like to do one in the springtime and then kind of at the end of the summer coming into that back to school sort of season. So that's what works for me. Whatever works for you, whenever you feel like your pantry is kind of overflowing or your freezer is overflowing, it's probably a good time to do a pantry purge. And by the way, you can do a freezer purge without doing a pantry purge. You can do a pantry purge without doing a freezer purge. You can you can do any combination you want. It's just about being really intentional about using what you have on hand first, which is a principle that has come up again and again because it makes a huge difference. Tip number nine, utilize your freezer often. Okay, so I've talked about the freezer a lot. I've talked about the on-hand list, using what you have in your freezer first, as well as your pantry and your fridge. I have talked about how helpful the freezer is. And now I want to encourage you to use your freezer. Your freezer is an incredible tool for, well, freezing things, but literally freezing time. So if you have something in your fridge that's about to go bad, you can go ahead and put that in your freezer and freeze it in time. And then you can defrost that, use it right away, especially if it's something like meat that's maybe going to expire tomorrow, but you're not going to get to eat it. Put it in the freezer, defrost it, use it right away. Vegetables. Most vegetables can be frozen and used in another dish. Obviously, things like lettuces can be only frozen. You can use them in things like soups or in smoothies, but they won't necessarily, they, they definitely won't maintain their original form in the freezer. I have a whole list of what works in the freezer and what doesn't in the budget kitchen guide. But most things can be frozen. You can freeze bits and pieces of casseroles and soups and stews in freezer-safe containers and then have a leftovers night where you defrost items from the freezer and everyone can choose what they want. We do that often, probably once a month. And then we use up what we have in our freezer, even if it feels like there's just odds and ends in your freezer. As long as you are regularly looking in your freezer, you're going to be able to use those items rather than allowing them to go bad. So utilize your freezer often. And this is a great way to maintain your budget-friendly kitchen. Get out of the habit of just tossing things and get into the habit of freezing them. If you are able to, and you're able to, you either have the space or you have the funds to purchase an additional freezer, even if it's a little additional freezer, they come in small sizes that you could fit into an apartment as long as you have the space. This is a great way to make sure that you have room to freeze extra items, to buy frozen items in bulk, things like meat, things like vegetables, things like fruit. You'll save money with all of those, buying them in bulk and freezing them. So, Utilize your freezer often. It is one of your best tools for maintaining a budget-friendly kitchen. And last but not least, a really important way to maintain a budget-friendly kitchen is to learn how to store foods properly so they last longer. This is a skill that I think a lot of people don't have because it's something that we don't talk about a lot. So things like making sure that cheeses are sealed really well will help them so that they are not going to turn moldy as fast. It's really important to make sure you're not cross-contaminating jarred food. That means putting the peanut butter knife into the jelly. If I just blew some of your minds, don't do that. Don't 
don't do that. You're cross-contaminating and it's gonna get moldy. Making sure that you are storing your vegetables correctly in the crisper drawers and the crisper drawers are set correctly for fruits or vegetables or whatever you are going to put in there. Making sure you're freezing foods correctly. Knowing these things and again, not surprisingly, I have a section in the resource section of the Budget Kitchen Guide teaching you how to store food well. Oh, making sure that your fridge and your freezer are at the right temperature is also a big deal as well. Learning how to store food well will help to avoid that food waste. And we know that avoiding the food waste is one of the best ways that you can maintain a budget-friendly kitchen. So friends... 10 tips to maintain a budget-friendly kitchen. In this series, we talked about if your kitchen is budget-friendly. We did the Teen Magazine-style quiz. I hope you took it. That was in episode one, just to get a general idea of if you do have a budget-friendly kitchen. Then we talked about budget-minded meal planning. We talked about some of my best hacks for eating well on a budget. And today I talked about tips to maintain a budget-friendly kitchen. So where do we go from here? We use these tips. Okay, friends, I know that I've given you a lot of information and I don't want you to feel overwhelmed or like you need to do everything all at once or you need to change everything you do overnight. Each one of these tips, everything from meal planning to learning how to store food well, can be done at any point. So take it one step at a time, take it one week at a time, take one tip at a time, start implementing these and the more these things become habits and routines, the more you will just naturally maintain that budget-friendly kitchen and the more you'll be a budget budget-minded cook. And if you want more on becoming a budget-minded cook and maintaining a budget-friendly kitchen, as well as a series of delicious budget-friendly recipes, check out the Budget Kitchen Guide, which is launching at the beginning of next week, if you are listening to this at the end of May. And if you're listening to it later, well, then it's already released, and you can head to healthymamachris.com slash budgetkitchen to learn more. As always, friends, thank you so much much for being here, for spending your precious time with me. I really hope this is helpful for you. Please reach out over on Instagram. I'm at Healthy Mama Chris. Let me know which tips you are utilizing, which ones you find the most helpful, and how much you are saving learning to become a budget-minded cook. I'll catch you in the next episode. Are you loving this series? Then you are going to love my brand new Budget Kitchen Guide and Recipe Books launching at the end of the month. I'm asked over and over again for advice on feeding families on a budget. And not just feeding our families, but feeding our families well. And in this world of inflation and skyrocketing food prices, there's no better time to learn how you can make your kitchen a budget-friendly one, no matter what your budget might be. Head to bit.ly slash bkwaitlist or click the link in the show notes to get on the waitlist for exclusive sneak peeks, early access, and list-only bonuses. That's bit.ly slash bkwaitlist to get on the list for the Budget Kitchen Guide and Recipe Books launching at the end of the month. Thank you for listening to Mommy's Podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. If you loved it, would you take a screenshot and share it with a friend over on Instagram and tag me in it? It helps me so much to know what you love and are taking away from each episode. If you really loved it, would you hop over to iTunes and give me a star rating and review? 
Every rating and review helps this podcast be seen and heard by more women who need to hear the message of balance and wellness without deprivation. It's the best free gift you could give me. And as a reminder, the information and opinions on this podcast are meant for education and inspiration only and are not to be taken as medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Please consult with a trusted practitioner before making any changes. Have a beautiful day, friend, and I'll see you in the next episode.